these small books. When you look for a poem, it's quite hard to find it. <laughs> Welcome to the Talking Ink Seren Poetry Festival episodes. I'm Lucy Smith. I always forget where things are in the book. Because yeah. At the last minute, you sort of deliberately jumble them up to create a different sense rather than deliberate control narrative. Quite like mixing them up so things come back and forth again. Just last minute. Uh, over the last few weeks or months, yeah. Interesting. And my editor gets involved in it. In February 2020, I had the wonderful opportunity to interview eight poets, both emerging and established voices, at the festival venue, the Temple of Peace in Cardiff. This episode, I chat with Daljit Nagra, whose third collection, British Museum, came out with Faber and Faber in 2017. I caught Daljit for a quick chat before his event. Our conversation was short, but illuminating. We talk about British identity, about the complex idea of home, and how to use overlooked British histories as a way to move forward. Kane. No English talk at home. My mother booms in Punjabi. Our carpets bloom florals, from where she sobs at each Punjab film when lovers croon along sugarcane fields. I turn my head from her soppy Pollywood. She cries that my tongue is sold on a language that stole her life for the rootless exchange, like sugar that travelled one way, and offers to arrange me a wife and a corner shop. When I steal off to study for an English degree, At our shop back door, she stands between us to hold me firm and sob. No speak, white girls. She's been here so long that I can't follow how she won't ripen with time. Only when torn does she meet my sweetheart, who bears our roses. My mum blushes to say, very kind. Our tongues are reined in. I keep my own counsel and let the air go bitter when she won't sustain Catherine. Once when she called, instead of she, she said the name aloud. It was cut down to gain. You did want to talk us talk us through the poem just a little bit. Yeah, okay. It's one well, of the few personal poems I've ever written. I've written a few, but often make them very detached and change things. But this is, I guess, very personal about um, the tension between me and my mother, I guess, um, right from very early years. She didn't want me to speak to white girls. And I can completely understand that. She's, uh, you know, from uh, Punjab and she was, never went to school, doesn't have an education. She speaks very little English. So a great threat for her would have been if I, you know, married out, as it were. So this part, poem's partly exploring that. And, and to this day, I've been with my wife 15 years now. Even though we've had children, she's still... I think she actually does genuinely struggle with the word Catherine. It's not a sound you get in, in Punjabi. Punjabi's quite heavy sounds. When you think Catherine, it's got that really light sound. So and I have heard her say, Ken. She can almost pick up a bit of it. And that sort of reminded me of the word cane. And we do, we're landowners in Punjab, my parents are anyway. And they've got sugar, you know, sugar cane. They grow sugar cane there. So I was partly thinking about history of empire. 
Yeah, I was going to say, could you talk a little bit about sugarcane and the history there? Because I can't say I know... Yeah, I mean, I don't know loads. I've read stuff about it in the past, but yeah. I mean, the British were in Punjab and they, you know, owned great chunks of land and they did great deals um, on, you know, in the purchase of, of sugar. And sugar obviously came west from places like Caribbean islands, but also from places like India, uh, along with tea and coffee from India. So I, I imagine the mothers feeling that, you know, she can't go back to Punjab because it's a land that's historically exploited um, and is in some ways still poor relative to Britain. Um, so there's, there's a kind of grudge there between becoming British, a bitterness towards wanting to become too British, whilst also watching these um, Punjabi films, uh, like yeah. Bollywood, but Bollywood, I'd call it, very sentimental pastoral films that we do, you know, see at home sometimes. My parents still watch those now. They tend to watch the Punjab films, which, which are made usually in Pakistan, actually, Pakistan Punjab. And they're very dramatic, you know, like soap operas, like EastEnders or something. Right. But you can imagine a very proud um, Punjabi version of that. Yeah. So this, this need to want to go back, but not want to go back, and watching your son grow up, becoming more and more westernised. And also, I'm dramatising the poem, the son um, isn't letting the mum off the hook. They're in this kind of conflict. The son isn't forgiving her and doesn't help her out, and she can't say the name. So I felt that was a better, more dramatic and accurate reflection of these tensions between first and second generation, say. I had a question about the first line of Daljit's poem, No Talk English at Home. I wondered if you think home can exist between the four walls of your house, this is the home you've made, or must it always include the community, the country around you? Is there, I realise there's a divide, but, or are there many homes? Yeah, that's, going on, yeah. That's, that's a really interesting observation because, yeah, and I guess in the poem I want to create this home with its floral blooms, you know, the carpets. It's a mini India, but it's, you know, thousands of miles away from India. And you can see the parents almost want to recreate their own little homeland, uh, but far away from home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so in that sense, there are multiple identities at work. You know, they became affluent as well compared to Indians back home, so they would look down on Indians. So they've got this economic identity and... They've got a son who's got a very Western identity. So it's kind of multiple identities opening up. And I've got children with Catherine, my wife, um, you know, who two daughters. So I don't even have a son, which, you know, is almost seen as bad karma in my sort of rural background. Right. You know, so again, there's, there's all these other identities, you know. Um, it, at the worst aspect, it's almost as though I've been cursed. Uh, but I mean, I'm very happy having daughters. That don't bother me. Yeah. Uh, I think my parents come to accept daughters, but they would want a son to inherit, especially when you come from landowning communities. You really look to the son to inherit and pass on. So very sort of traditional and backward in that sense compared to the Western values of city people. Can there be a... Can it feel settled? Can these two cultures and all these ideas meet? Can it feel like you're settled in one place or will it always be a mixture of identity, home and... Mm. Yeah, I feel really kind of interested talking about this with you in Wales because right. you know, I'm already thinking there's so much similarity, isn't there? And I teach in London, at Bruno University of London, we've got quite a lot of Welsh students, you know. And so, you know, you're in, you're in one home, like in, say, West London from Wales, and suddenly you feel defensive about your country because, you know, people always be negative about Wales, whatever, you can yes, hear it, yeah. you know, in London. Uh, and I think that's the same with the Indianness. So, on the one hand, you know, um, I might not be very defensive of being Indian with my parents because I'm frustrated with them because they're so bound to this land they don't live in anymore. 
but I would also want to defend it when it's under attack. Yes. Um, so you have these complex identities about home, don't you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I have to accept it, so much of my identity comes from that, from my childhood identity, and here I am in a poem writing about that identity. So there, there are great positives there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose I was going to ask just about the collection in general, if you, what you feel it says and if, it, if that, what you originally meant became the product mm. or, yeah, if you set out for something that was different from what you got. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good question in the sense that I think a lot of my books I find out about three quarters of the way in what it's really about or about three, two, three years into it. Okay. And then I start writing furiously. I tend, so a lot of the work tends to come actually in the last year or two. And very much for this, I realised it was going to be a book about British institutions, British identity, and partly the we voice of us as British people, whether it be uh, white English or ethnic voices. So I want to write those, those sort of poems. And I guess British Museum is a poem about the museum, but also partly my frustration that Britain is a museum in the sense that it is beautiful and glamorous, has this rich heritage but also a museum in the sense of being ossified, being caught in the past a bit, and that we don't really reflect about our past to help us move on um, mm. and to integrate better. We don't really look at, say, for example, Welsh history in England or Scottish or yeah. um, empire history. We don't do that in Britain, and it's not there in the school system. You know, we might teach the Holocaust, but we don't, and we teach kings and queens, but we don't teach these other histories which will help us to integrate and understand and move forward progressively. So we have this kind of hollowness and the kind of museum of the mind is very much of glories and stuff, um, almost frozen. And so that's one aspect of the book, I guess, that uh, interested me. And then partly, yeah, then some personal poems in there. And that all came together within the last... In particular, I always find that about the last year and a half or so, there's suddenly yeah. loads of poems come because I think, now I know what I'm doing. Interesting. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, I don't know if you write poetry, but that's what often happens. Yeah, um, You'll find that you just write and think, what am I writing? And suddenly... Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, none of them go together, what's going on, yeah. and then... Yeah, you're oh, back in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a diary, isn't it, in that sense, a collection? Yeah, Diary absolutely. of thoughts, and you think, oh, okay, this is what I've been obsessing with. I didn't realise. So I'll do more research on it now. You can find yourself a copy of Dalgett's collection, British Museum, by heading to the Faber and Faber website. I hope you've enjoyed this episode from the Seren Poetry Festival. The music was composed by Martin White. I'd like to say a big thank you to Seren for having me over the festival weekend. If you'd like to find out more about what went on during the festival, you can visit cardiffpoetryfestival.com.